Dear listeners, this is the first podcast in our Reflow series. Reflow is a European project on co-creating circular and regenerative cities and is part of the Horizon 2020 program. Reflow seeks to understand and transform material flows in cities and help businesses, governments and citizens to create a resilient circular economy. In this series, frontrunners in different areas share their lessons. This first podcast, I speak with Christiana Parisi, Associate Professor at Copenhagen Business School and Reflow Project Coordinator, diving into the project itself. Dear Christiana, welcome. Thank you for the invite. Uh, I'm looking forward to our discussion today. It's good to be here. In your own words, what is the Reflow Project? Yeah, Reflow Project is is a large Horizon 2020 project and the acronym actually stands for Constructive Metabolic Process for Material Flows in Urban and Peri-Urban Environment across Europe, which seems to be very complex. But in reality, it's, uh, it's a focus that aims at creating some models for cities' transition towards circular economy. And it implements that model in six European cities, which are Amsterdam, Berlin, Cloche-Napurka, Milan, Paris, and Weile in Denmark. Um, and in, each, in Reflow, each city is characterized by a complex network of, uh, of actors that, like municipalities, citizens, organizations, volume medium-sized enterprise that collaborate uh, with some partners at project level, um, including a project coordinator at the European Union to transition towards circular economy. Why is it so important for cities to adopt circular economy practices? Yeah, as we know, for example, as the Ellen McCartan Foundation reminds us, by 2050, two-thirds of, of us will actually live in cities. So cities are important aggregates within the, the global context. However, uh, cities, as they are now, are grappling with the effects of our current take-make-waste economy. So under uh, the linear system, cities consume 75% of natural resources and they produce uh, 50% of the global waste, also including 60-80% of greenhouse gases. So it's clear that there is the need to rethink cities uh, in a way that they become more circular in that sense and regenerative. Because the Refo project works with the concept of urban metabolism, is this what you were referring to? Yeah, in some sense, uh, there is a difference between a simple sustainable city and a regenerative uh, city that is based on the urban metabolism. Urban metabolism is a concept that stems from um, biology. And actually, um, there is a parallel between a city and a living organism composed of different functions and different elements urban metabolism is linked to regenerative cities. And regenerative cities are not uh, simply cities that actually uh, have a short-term minor solution towards uh, sustainability, but actually have uh, tackle sustainability from uh, the long, a long-term perspective and a systemic perspective. And in that sense, they uh, will not become only resource efficient and low carbon emitting, but also they will adopt a wide range of technical and management solution 
in order to change the way actually the city is left. And in that sense, they will also increase and improve the relationship with the hinterland where the city also gather the, the resources that are used by the citizens themselves. So in that sense, relying on the, on the urban metabolism to create a regenerative city also means initiative uh, a comprehensive political, financial and technological change to enhance not only the environmental side, but also the social side and the relationship between the citizens and the ecosystem. So why do you make this comparison to a biological concept such as a metabolism? Because in that sense, uh, cities as organisms, they live in, in the external environment and they interact with the environment. So they just, just consume and actually produce waste. But in a regenerative city, they actually manage to reuse and recycle also the part of their of their waste they also see the citizens engaged in that uh, in that process so they have a relevant social and environmental element to it so circular economy as a concept can be defined in a lot of different ways what vision does the reflow project have on the circular economy it's true i mean the circular economy has been defined uh, in many different ways both by uh, the protectionist, but also the academic literature that I'm that I'm familiar with, but uh, the way Reflow um, thought about circular economy was really starting from uh, a literature review and thinking what are the main building blocks that are usually identified for circular and regenerative cities um, globally, and based on that, we decided to put together a model where uh, different building blocks were actually identified. And what we focus on is uh, first performance management and impact assessment, a technological support, which is in our case is distributed ledger and blockchain technology, then uh, circular engineering, including uh, material flow analysis, but also innovative, the, the definition of material innovative materials, the governance structure, so to define the best governance structure to allow for uh, for the change, for the transition towards circular economy. Uh, then we have also two work packages, which are uh, capacity building and communication that actually support the definition and the creation of the capabilities within the citizens, but also the um, the diffusion and the engagement of different stakeholders in the project. Why did you choose to take all these building blocks together? Yeah, the idea was actually to think about uh, of circular economy from a broader perspective. So the starting point was instead of having a traditional view that has been criticized, it focuses only on the environmental side and recycling, upcycling and, and similar concepts, we wanted to have a wider approach to, to circular economy. And those building blocks were the ones that we identify as the more successful in, in previous experience. But that was the first time that they were combined in this way in real life cases. Of course, this implies that we work interdisciplinarily. And that actually means we need to uh, to find a common dialogue between very different stakeholders that have different um, competency profile, but also different 
uh, interest in that sense and also different approaches. So how did you come to these specific building blocks? These specific building blocks were found in the different uh, literature that we defined together. And some of these building blocks were present and were considered best practices. However, no experience was found where all these different building blocks were actually combined. So you did a really extensive literature review and then every best practice you could find, you put them together to make an even better best practice. Yeah, that was the experiment we made. In the end, um, the literature about circular economy is definitely very diverse. There is no uniform best practice on that. So in, the, in that sense, one of the outcomes of Reflow is also uh, producing a definition of circular economy that has been implemented by the cities, uh, the pilot city in the project. So what does your ideal circular city look like? My ideal city um, starts from the citizens in that sense. One of the key points that I had in mind uh, when I started collaborating uh, with, the, with the partners in this project was that the social element was really the core of a circular, uh, of a circular city. It may seem counterintuitive because you, you usually think about the environmental side as being the central one, but uh, within cities, the idea is actually to identify the key needs of citizens so that they uh, can actually define the best scenario for their own cities. So my ideal city would be a city that implements the building blocks, but in a way that uh, responds to the need of uh, and to the interest of the citizens of the specific city itself. There are six pilot cities across Europe and they test different circular approaches. So they all focus on a different resource flow. So can you describe the challenges uh, that each pilot city is trying to tackle? Yeah, definitely. As I said, we let the cities chose the best um, challenge or topic that they, they found more relevant for their own reality. And for this reason, Amsterdam decided to focus on textile life cycling and this is, they're actually trying to improve the circularity of the textile within the city as much of the, the textile is now incinerated at present. Berlin is focusing on water heat waste, which is maybe a less known challenge, but it's quite relevant in, uh, in our cities and it actually um, results in quite a waste of energy uh, within uh, our own um urban uh, context. Then Cluj-Napuca in Romania focuses on energy. They have, they're focusing on improving the energy efficiency within uh, public buildings. And that's uh, uh, quite relevant in Romania present also because there are different uh, energy providers and it's, it is not easy to, to improve uh, the, the situation. Uh, and energy is one a key problem. Uh, there. Milan focuses on food markets. They call um, their challenge food markets point, uh, 4.0, meaning that they see markets not as uh, the local um, traditional um, places where actually goods are exchanged, but they see something uh, broader. Um, they, they think 
uh, that markets can become places for citizens to actually uh, participate, engage, but also uh, they could be laboratories for uh, food innovation in that sense. Um, Paris is uh, focusing on first materials recycling, especially uh, they're focusing on wood. So how the, uh, the wood that is usually used um, which is timber most of the time within fairs, can be uh, recycled and reused, usually it's incinerated. And finally, Vila in Denmark is uh, focusing on circular plastic. So they, are, they have a focus on <coughs> recycling uh, plastic, but their focus is not just the, same, the traditional idea of recycling different types of plastic. They also have a social focus to it. So they have different sites within the cities and all of these sites see this project also as a way to improve the social situation of the inhabitants within the cities. Yes. Are there also examples of innovative strategies that were adopted in one of the pilot cities that might also be adopted in other cities? Yeah, I think two of the cities that I mentioned could be relevant. For example, uh, Milan, I think it's a good example because all cities have uh, local markets, but uh, there are usually signs uh, because of the supermarket and the, and the distribution. However, um, the Milan municipality works with um, in close contact with local marketeers for suppliers and, and they are actually putting cre creating effort in rethinking uh, the local <clears throat> agri-food supply chain. And I think that this is um, an example that can be shared by, by different cities. And the same goes with, uh, with Paris, for example. They are creating uh, not only um, simple and short-term solution to recycle timber, but are actually creating programs that are putting together uh, designers, engineers, architects, entrepreneurs, markets, in order to really rethink the way in which this material can actually be upcycled and recycled. And those, uh, those solutions will be uh, available also at the end of the project because everything will be open source. So other city can replicate that. When you talk about open source, that is an example, I think, of how important also communication and sharing is in this project. How do you make sure and how do you develop tools so that this sharing and this communication happens in the most effective ways? The way we tackle this, this issue was by thinking already in the project proposal of which could be the best and most relevant stakeholders for us. So the, the stakeholders that could really be interested in replicating the experience that we have, uh, that we are developing in Reflow. And we identified a few um, profiles, like a research and academia, for example, my colleagues that are interested in, in the research that is, that is stemming from, from Reflow, policy make, uh, makers at different levels, and we are um, addressing them with different, uh, in collaboration with the communication and capacity building partners, um, regulatory agents, industry stakeholders, because some of the solutions, especially 
blockchain technology, for example, can be relevant also for other stakeholders. Uh, the public administration, especially the municipalities that can see uh, a possibility, uh, the European Association and Cluster, um, circular economy stakeholders, fab labs and makerspace that are the, the driver uh, of our project and the general public. With all these profiles in mind, we actually uh, organize our website and also we are creating uh, the so-called reflow legacy in order to provide uh, different tools that actually speak the language of, uh, of different stakeholders. And this is how we hope to, um, to bring the, the idea and the, of the project forward in the future. So what is the reflow legacy exactly? The reflow legacy is going to be an online uh, tool that we are that all the partners are now creating in collaboration, and that will be hosted on the on the reflow website. And it's actually it will be a replication tool, so it it will uh, gather the resources that the project creates, but also it will uh, have a narrative that will support the, the cities, other possible cities which are interested to replicate the initiative. So it won't be simply a repository, but something that is more engaging and that tries to speak the language of the, of the stakeholders that are interested. What do you understand by co-creation and why is co-creation so important? Usually co-creation is part of design thinking in the sense that it um, allows uh, third parties or external to, to get into a design process in order to improve it. And I think that we thought that to have a, a circular economy that is actually efficient and effective, different stakeholders should be brought together to collaborate and actually to, to make it happen and for this reason, we, we think of co-creation as uh, having really different competences that collaborate within uh, a, a city and help the city develop uh, their own pilots and their own plans and projects for the circular economy. Because you work with a lot of concepts and you also rely on literature reviews, but how do you actually bring all these amazing ideas into an everyday reality. I know it's not as easy <laughs> as uh, as it, it may seem, but uh, and I guess there is there's complexity in it. Um, also, because we try to uh, first of all we try to listen to the cities. So in our ideal world, all the cities would would follow a same pattern to implement circular economy. However, we realize that cities go at different paces and have different interests. So, for example, different building blocks are now collaborating with different cities and they are starting from different ends in that sense. Now, uh, just to give you a timeline, the project started in June 2019 and will end in, um, in the end of May 2022. So we are halfway uh, through. And now it's uh, it's a time where the cities are actually uh, starting the concrete implementation of the solution. So this is where uh, where we are, and and I think that uh, one of the of the challenges that we had was also that um, 
interdisciplinarity can be also different when we need to also to create a common language to collaborate and also to to connect to the cities uh, because of course we come from different fields and different expertise but so far uh, with different uh, tentatives we really managed to uh, to engage in this in this discussion. So what do you think the common language of the reflow project is? There are many many ways for example to put the, uh, the cities at the center and to translate their needs into our different disciplines and also our different expertise. I mean, it's a, it's not an easy process, but we are learning to, to talk together, so to say. You already mentioned them before, but a core aspect of Reflow is connecting to makerspaces and fab labs in each city. How do these distributed spaces help to tackle the challenges of the circular economy at city level? Yeah, I think makerspace and fab labs are key players together uh, with uh, the municipalities uh, within each of the if each of the pilots that we have, because while municipalities um, are relevant because they can provide access to uh, the network of local institution, uh, policymakers, grassroots organization, fab labs and makerspace have um, an expertise in digital manufacturing technologies, and they also perform research. And they can contribute with their knowledge to um, the development of innovative ideas that actually uh, can be replicated and adopted throughout the cities. So in our, in our idea, Fab Labs and Makerspaces are really the driving force behind Reflow because in, they are a source of innovation that can be translated into solutions that... Um, then are enforced by the municipality. So they are the voice of the citizen in many ways. And what are the current challenges that you are facing with this project and how are you planning to tackle those? I would say that one of the key challenges that we have been facing was um, COVID-19 because the COVID situation really happened in in March uh, when our cities were starting to uh, to think about the implementation. And as you can imagine, they also wanted to organize fairs and events during the summer to showcase reflow and to engage the population. Uh, however, that was impossible. And some of our cities like Milan have been hit hard by, and Amsterdam as well, have been hit hard by the COVID. So a lot of those of the activities that were planned were... Um, had to be changed in that sense. But I think uh, I was actually struck by the resilience of the cities. And I guess uh, a posit on a positive note, the cities managed to rethink uh, the, their plans to and to adapt their activities when they could not be there uh, in present. For example, Paris, initially was uh, was hit because they work with uh, with materials and they couldn't physically be in fab labs working with uh, with wood and of course fairs were not organized but they decided to work uh, on creating an incubation platform to gather knowledge and competence by different actors 
around uh, their fab labs and their designers. So they work on professionalizing the reuse of materials, storage and use to be able to act when more efficiently when the COVID situation is, uh, is over. So I think that that so far has been our greatest challenge. And what are the biggest lessons that have come up during the process? First of all, that in order to implement circular economy, to have short-term solutions that are not linked to a long-term strategy is not an effective way because they are really not um, sustainable and they won't, will not make a change in the long term. They won't really change the way uh, citizens think of the, about the cities and the way uh, it is approached. And interdisciplinarity also means um, developing a capability of um, engaging in a dialogue with very different stakeholders, which is a learning process for it has been for us, but also uh, it is uh, for the cities as well. And I guess it's um, it's a process in itself. And uh, and finally, I would say uh, another element is that um, there's no one size fits all. Even if we if we perform um, a huge literature, we assume that all the cities would start implementing circular economy in the same way. We really realize that uh, that each city has its own and different approach, and that uh, and that is something that needs to be um, taken into account when when approaching circular economy. So, what is the ultimate goal? of this project and what are the expected outcomes? What we would like to um, to provide and what we promised to the European Commission is actually to have not only a narrative, but a set of tools and models that cities can implement to become circular and regenerative. And this is where uh, the, leaf, the reflow legacy comes into play in that sense, because we are really thinking of different stakeholders, for example, a municipalities that wants to approach this change or a citizen organization or policymakers. And in that sense, so the different stakeholders can actually engage in uh, replicating this. And it's not only a set of tools like a blockchain or some software that, for example, the Reflow OS that they can simply implement, but also a narrative that they and that they can follow to have a step-by-step transition towards circular economy based on the contingencies that they face uh, in their cities. So at what point will you think that the project has been successful? I'm quite ambitious with this project. So I would really love to see our cities continuing on the path that Reflow started. Of course, three years is a very short time for a city to transition towards circular economy. But for me, it would be a success if the seeds that we planted will keep on growing and the practices that we have will keep on developing. And we hope also from a business school perspective to have provided them with some tools uh, like business models and even business plans to attract other funds and to continue in the transition and to implement the the plans that they are developing for their cities. So that would be that for me would be a success, and also of course to attract other cities in the in the same process. That's beautiful. 
So what are your main three tips for cities to engage in a circular economy? I would say one of the elements that we constantly see within cities is the importance of having um, performance management and impact assessment in play. I know that it may not be the first thing you think of, but um, the steps we took for our cities were, first of all, to capture the needs of the key stakeholders and then to put some measures, to, this, to create some measure to actually define them and define the success to have that. So that actually uh, translates into uh, a successful process that can make the stakeholders uh, happy, but also to to have a, to manage and to have um, an impact, a social impact assessment, because that helps the city create a narrative of why circular economy transition is relevant, but also the indirect implication of the implementation of that, that really goes beyond the simple financial uh, measures that, you, that we would um, generally consider. And I would say the second uh, point would say really to uh, start local and to have to engage various stakeholders to really identify the key stakeholders in, in the city or in area of the city, and then to build up a process based on their interest. Because we have seen a degree of citizen engagement and also activism in our cities that we, didn't, we had not anticipated. And I think that this is something that other cities can also relate to. Um, and then uh, I would say also engage with uh, Fab Labs makerspace in that sense because they are really innovative actors and they produce a lot of uh, innovation. They are aggregation points and sometimes the solution that they develop can be uh, easily replicated and escalate a different level. So how can you promote uh, collaboration with these kind of spaces, with these creative spaces? In our um, in our cities, it was uh, the idea of creating um, a collaboration, sometimes through research institutions and universities, but sometimes, uh, and it really depends, that was, for example, the case of Milan, where uh, one of our stakeholders, the Politecnico, has a Fab Labs in it, but also uh, some municipalities are linked. In Vile, for example, we have um, a makerspace that is in close collaboration with, uh, with the municipality itself. So I would say that they need to be uh, engaged and incorporated within academic or uh, citizen discussion in that sense through the institutional players. And I guess that that would be a good way to start. To close off, do you have a message for our listeners. Yeah, I would say your voice is uh, is really as citizens is really more important that you that you may think and that circular economy really goes far beyond the idea of simply recycling or putting the the garbage in the right in the right bin. It's really a way of thinking about about the cities as really as an organism that we are all part in and that we can 
contribute in innovative ways. That would be my, my thinking and what this reflow is teaching me. Thank you so much, Christiana Parisi. Thank you so much, Anik, for inviting me. It's been a great experience.